very good afternoon to our cherished listeners once again. It is indeed always exciting to come your way every Wednesday with your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass comes your way every Wednesday and runs from 1.15 all the way through to 2 p.m. here on your superstation Joy 99.7. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. It's the 29th of January today, the fifth Wednesday in the month of January. And yes, indeed, January has come to an end. At this point, I'd like to wish my very good friend, Daniel Dazi, a very good afternoon, host of the Super Morning Show. And my hashtag for you this afternoon, Daniel, is that this too shall pass. Or should I say this too has passed. We want to take the opportunity to welcome all of our cherished listeners to a brand new year full of new opportunities for your business to grow. I mean, it does definitely feel wonderful to come back and share some thoughts with you in this year. In the last couple of weeks, we've been sharing some thoughts about how to prepare yourself for this year. My name, as always, is Yabanafo. I'm your host for the show. So in the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening to Masterclass, we've been spending time talking about how to prepare yourself and position your business for this year, how to prepare yourself. We spent some time in the studio with Daniel Owusu, who was a United Nations ambassador and a TEDx speaker who had impacted a lot of youth, about 90,000 of them. And he spent time talking to us about repositioning your business for a profitable year. Some of the things he talked about in that discussion, essentially, were assessing where you are as a business. Ask yourself the question. A lot of people say that, listen, I don't want to call it New Year's resolutions, but whatever you call it, whether you call it your outlook, you call it your plan, you call it your you know, um, New Year's resolution, you call it whatever you want to call it, you do have a plan for this year, even for yourself as a person. So you need to have something in place also for your business. At least ask yourself the questions, what worked last year? What didn't work? What can I do differently this year? Last week on the show, we again spent some time um, trying to discuss this even further and preparing ourselves to take off. And again, we spent time in the studio with two friends of the show. Uh, one was in the person of Mr. Samuel Kwame Boafu. Good afternoon to you, Sam, if you're listening. He is the head of HR at Calbank. And also with Mr. Nova Nakwahefort, who is here with us um, at Joy FM. He's a, he's a member of the Joy Business team. And they helped us to discuss some of the topics we had done in Masterclass over the years, um, helping us to find out which of them resonated with our listeners much more. And we had a few people calling in and sharing some thoughts with us. I mean, some of our listeners said to us, listen, bring back discussions like customer service. Bring back discussions like, you know, how to hedge, how to prepare exchange losses, how to handle all all of those things. Because we spend money, we buy things from abroad, we come back, we're not able to sell on time, the bank takes a pound of flesh, and then we lose in the end. So bring back discussions like that and help us. Of course, we also did ask the question, when did Masterclass start? And we had a lot of you, our listeners, um, coming in with the right answer. So my producer, Sarah, has taken note of all of you who came in with the right answer. And then at some point in this month or later on in this year, you will get the opportunity to join us here on the show. Today, we continue in that discussion. And the question we're asking ourselves today is, or the, the topic we're going to be looking at, essentially, is along the lines of what we've been discussing previously in the last two weeks. But specifically, we'll be, lo- we'll be looking at this area that says, what every entrepreneur must know and do in 2020 in order to promote their business. What every entrepreneur must know and do in 2020 in order <clears throat> to promote their business. And to help us have that discussion is a, um, another friend of the show who has been coming here 
um, a couple of times on the show already. Today, he's graced us with his presence. He's an award-winning entrepreneur and a business growth strategist. He's an investor with a passion for startups and development and growth in Africa. He was named as part of Forbes 30 Under 30 Most Promising Young Entrepreneurs. Yes, you heard me right. 30 Under 30 Most Promising Young Entrepreneurs in Africa in 2016. And yes, he's Ghanaian. And yes, I'll give you a lead. He's gone as well. I'll ask him what school he went to so that all his old school students who are listening will be able to call in when we open the phone lines. Um, he's the CEO of the Orios Group with subsidiaries, namely GCEEI. He'll tell us about them. He's also the board chairman of the Junior Achievement Ghana Pioneer and chairman of the Africa Youth Economic Forum. I used to be in Junior Achievement. Wow, okay. It has come very far. Um, ladies and gentlemen, his resume is as tall as two pages and when I grew up, I want to be like him. But my guest in the studio this afternoon is none other than Mr. John Ama. I like to do the drum roll myself. <laughs> John, you're welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you and happy new year. It's great to see you. Absolutely. You look well. Oh, my God, it's great. And I see that you've added a few more points to your, to your, your resume. My resume is still half a page. Right. How can I get mine to be like yours? Please switch from corporate to <laughs> when the I, word of entrepreneurship. From the word of entrepreneurship. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. I mean, it's great to see you again, my brother. Same, it's great same, to see you. Same. So today, essentially, we'll be spending time talking about what every entrepreneur must know yes. and do in 2020 in order to promote their business. Yeah. I'm sure that a lot of people, you know, we've, we've gone to church. People are talking about prophecies, what to look out for. Yeah. There are different themes in the various churches, you know. Yeah. My church, my theme this year is, this is our year of shining. Right. I'm sure that in other churches, they say this is a year of growth. Yeah. But in businesses also, businesses have a sort of um, tagline, you know, whether it's moving forward or forward together or whatever it is you're doing, there's a sort of direction. And that's what we seek to do this afternoon, that right. if you're listening to us, you're tuned in. What is the direction for your business this year? Right. You cannot be directionless. You cannot be listless like a boat just floating all over the place. Right. So I spent a bit of time trying to find out about businesses and planning for the year. Right. And I had a few quotations from a few people. I'd just like to share them briefly. This one is from Yoda. Yoda is a fictional character in a movie series called The Jedi Master, for those who like watching fiction. And this is what Yoda says. Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. I'll leave that for a few seconds to sink in. Some, there's a very famous brand of apparel in, in the world, I would say in this country. You know, very famous. Just, just do it. Just do it, okay? So this is what Yoda says. Yoda says that if you have a business and we're applying it to your business, whatever it is you want to do, do it or don't do it. There's no trying. No marks are given for effort. We don't mark you for effort. We mark you for results. So you, we don't want to hear, I tried, I did this, I did that. We bless you that you tried. God bless you. But what results do you have to show? I have another one here from Ianla Vasant. I hope I've pronounced it well. She's an inspirational speaker and a lawyer. And she says, you've got to be willing to lose everything in order to gain yourself. You've got to be willing to lose everything in order to gain yourself. And then I've got one from David Fairweather. David is a, is a certified psychotherapist and a speaker. And he says, success isn't easy. And that's a good thing, at least in business. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it and your competition would be outrageous. We're talking about positioning yourself or things you must know as an entrepreneur in 2020 in order for your business to be promoted. John, 
share some thoughts with us for the next couple of minutes. Right. And then when we come back, I will open the phone lines and then our listeners can chip in. Right. So should I say this is 2021 <laughs> 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 We've started our lessons here. John Ama is going to take the captain's seat right. and share some thoughts with us. What are the things you must know in 2020? Pick up your book. If you're driving, just put your phone on record and let's start taking some notes. What are the things we need to know for our businesses to grow in 2020? Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity and good afternoon to all our our cherished listeners who are joining us today. Um, I won't claim to know it all, but we'll just share things that we've experienced within the market and then we'll hope that the feedback from our listeners will help us drive and take the discussion home. Last time I was here, we looked at what every young entrepreneur must know and we examined issues around focus and the reason here being that there are many young entrepreneurs who are doing so many things that must now look for what is that one thing that gives me the most mileage, most market, and potentially will yield better revenue in a certain defined period. We also looked at performance management metrics. How do I hold myself accountable if it's internal controls, if it is governance, among others, in order to drive growth within a certain year? We also looked at team building as a way towards understanding that a company must grow beyond self to affect others. We looked at the definitive principle of different business models, whether or not you're for impact or for profit. Today, we're going to look at investment readiness as one of the key things that we must look at this year. And when you were starting the show, you mentioned that um, churches have themes and so on and so forth, among others. Well, if you don't apply the theme that your, 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 your church has set to yourself, and draw out your conclusive plans for the year from it, you would have a challenge with that. On today's show, in looking at investment readiness, yeah, let me provide a context to where we have come from. Even 2011-2009, I told you that Impact Hub will be where it is today. I'm not sure you would believe it. Not at all. I'll share a number of things with you. I remember we were consulting for UND Bells at the World Bank then, and then this was William Edem Senior and Heather Cochran at the time. And then Atu was one of the moderators with me on that project. We were discussing how do we help young entrepreneurs. At that session, William and Heather agreed that, oh, there was a funding problem and so on and so forth. These two were to later leave for a hackathon that was happening over the weekend. Guess what was born out of that slice biz? Mm. At the time, the startup scene was quite lean, and I'm sharing a trajectory to where we are today. That's correct. Was lean, and you had people like Open University for West Africa, which was run by John, incubated uh, Slicebiz, among others, and then now grew out of that into something else that we are calling Impact Hub today. I share an example here, that the principle of iteration and pivoting lie in this classical example. Mm. Iteration may mean that I'm growing numbers here and so on and so forth. Pivoting is a transition from the model that once was into what isn't or what should be. And this is where impact happens today. If I told you that there was a program called M Friday. Do you know about M Friday? No. Nope. You don't know about M Friday? <laughs> <laughs> so M Friday was sometime around 2011 too, when this buzz was, 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 was coming up. M Friday was hosted in KNUSC at the time. They had a lab, mm. sons by Vodafone and so on. And let me tell you some startups that came out of that small thing. Farmerline today, which raised, I think, over 3 million last year and the years, came out of that program. Wow. 
If I told you in 2011 that startup like Farmerland would have raised this amount of money to be what to do what they do, <clears throat> would you believe no? Same thing with M Notify. M Notify is run by Ronald, and Ronald today has a new product called Sario. Sario is for is a content creating platform, and in fact, I'm happy to announce that we're one of the investors in in Sario, and we'll be announcing that shortly mm-hmm. as well, which will go live, and then you will see what Sario is. You will not believe. I was tempted to ask what do they do, but I'll keep that for later. <laughs> when when it comes out, you would see. So so these startups have come out of this era. Agrocent and have raised capital. You're wondering what is it, but there's there's a nuance to these these things about raising. The fact that X party has raised does not mean that your raise will be simple will be will be simpler among others. Last year, startups in Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya raised a lot of capital. In Ghana, we're still lagging behind. It's shocking. And this grows, and you can understand, it grows out of a cynicism of, of Ghanaians um, and, and Ghanaian investors. And you would rightly understand them. Because, for example, what, 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 how, how long will it take for X startup to make profit? Do they have the right skills? Is their product investment ready? If I have safe, safe investments to do in a bank whatsoever, and they would consider these things, prime rate or a base rate of 16.14, if I do a risk premium of 7, 8, add it to it, this is how much I should be making. So if you take a bank's lending rate, they take potential, you will see that in the various categories, they have a certain expectation of profit or return if they were to advance capital to you. It's the same thing with a Ghanaian investor. So to convince the Ghanaian investor to look through that needle, to see if this startup will make money lies in something I'll share with you shortly. Now, let us look at this. I'm setting the context, mm. and then I'll give you some principle. From three angles. Number one, is the investor or our funds uniquely placed in Africa to invest in startups? And there are different kinds of startups. There's an early stage, there's a seed stage, there's a pre-revenue stage, there's a growth matured among others. And all these have classifications of they are kind, which means that if you were pre-seed, seed, then you'd have raised X amount of money. If you were seed early, you'd have raised X amount, categorized by this stuff and so on. MBSSI provides a framework, but let's use the global. So if we understand that a startup is a temporary organization set up in search of a repeatable and scalable model, then wherein lies who assumes the risk to advance capital to these people? Is there a mindset that embraces that? Watch something. Usually an exit for an investor will be such that the investor says, maybe this firm will go through IPO. <laughs> not in Ghana and Africa. We are not there yet at all. <laughs> the other considerations for a VC and a P in other markets will be said that, oh, there'll be a merger and acquisition, or there'll be a buyout, there'll be a good exit. Mm, not yet in our market. So what will work in our market, I will tell you that in, in a bit. Now, if you look at the quantum of funds that should be managed by X party or a fund to retain the level of profit that you need for limited partners and so on. And so when the exit and the closure, it takes five, ten years. In fact, an average fund should be doing seven years in its life of the fund. Exit around the fifth year. Mm-hmm. But in Africa, it doesn't work that way. You have to get an extension of a few more years to do that. You have to preserve the fund in a certain way. I will speak to that later. Then you have the individual investors we have shared with you who require X percentage and comfort because they know what the base rate is in a bank and so on and so forth. Then you come to the founder himself who expects that by virtue of the fact that I have X or Y, this person should invest in me. Let's break down the myth as we go along. Let's start with the founder. 
there are a number of companies who continue to have liabilities, and there are companies that will not have liabilities. The fact that a company has liabilities does not mean that it's a bad company. It's a bad company. Yeah. Does also mean that it shouldn't raise capital. And I've seen that in a number of clients who have come to us. The number of firms that are worried about how they treat receivables and how they recover quickly. You know, there are others that also look at what is my purchase pattern like and how do I deal with credit from X and Y in, in, in my business. There are others that have general structuring problems within their business. So yeah. first of all, in this new year, let's start off with an audit. Hire someone to look at <coughs> your sales, your marketing, your finance, your management, and even your general structure and your sales pattern. Now, I had someone tell me previously that, oh, as a startup founder, the company must grow outside you, and you must have staff who are selling on your behalf. Let me tell you something that we must debunk. Mm-hmm. In the first year, no one can sell your company better than you because no one understands the vision better than you. So your training approaches determine what real results you get within that period or not. But to the investor, these things will matter if there is sufficient assumptions of data. There's enough data to validate your principle of whether you make profit or not. Let me break it down. A company does five-year projections, three-year projections. That's what we demand of them. Sometimes these plans don't make sense until you get to market, until you actually roll out the product. And so what will be comforting for me to look at is, look, are the assumptions tested? Mm-hmm. For example, let's break the assumptions down. When you pick your CAPEX table and you pick your OPEX table and you break these down into a set of assumptions that validate your revenue projections, to me, I'm looking at it from pricing. I'm looking at it from the product. What is the yield rate? Today, there are people who sit there and when you start talking, they know what your investment is and they know you are not investment ready. So there are two things. There's investment readiness. There's investor being investor ready. Investment readiness is a subtotal of your internal things you do within the business. Look, do I have a growing staff base? How do I measure sales? How do I measure costs? And what are the things I need to do to ensure that I am credible enough to grow either organically or to have someone be ready to invest in me? Shareholding, term sheets, cap table, uh, budgets, actual versus budget. These are things that if you, if you speak to someone or you spoke to someone, they would help you analyze and give you recommendations on what you should be doing this year. Last year, you diverted funds. Last year, you were doing inter-party lending. Last year, you were doing X or Y. This year, let's change. Last year, you had three different sets of accounts because you present this to bank, you presented this year. No, let's regularize it. Last year, maybe in your trading, receivables were high. How do I recover? Last year, you couldn't raise funding. We need to look at these things in that context. And I'll speak to it um, as well. So, it is important that we understand that as a startup, there are a number of things that you must do internally to grow. And we've looked at a number of things around, around that. Now, let me give a general idea of things that any startup should watch in, growing, in, in, in seeking to grow. Number one is your financing options. Today, banks are offering factoring and invoice discounting as a way to help you cover some expected receivables. How many people are aware of this? Will this trend grow? Yes. Are you uniquely, uniquely positioned to attract capital from that and go, maybe yes, maybe no? Are people aware of what we call supplier's credit? Are people aware of what we call an assignment of X or Y? Are people aware of what it will take to, to even even go through with an invoice accounting deal. People don't know. And this is something that they must look at. 
Number three is, are people aware of what new financing options are coming up, which is convertible debt, which provides a greater relief of comfort to an investor who will be seeking to, to invest, which means that it's part of the mezzanine. So at a point in time when I've invested in you and given you debt, I can then convert it into equity. This seems to be the growing trend for many African PE funds now as we go along and as, as we see, as we, as we see, um, as we look at that. Now, for many businesses, you must look at whether or not your go-to-market strategy is right and market-ready. It's a big thing to look at. Many firms have marketing plans, but the marketing plans don't speak to the needs of consumers in a way that structures you in a model that will be accepted. So, for example, you do your more B2C. But this year, it's more likely that you have, you have to vary the model. So don't, don't, just, don't, just, don't just focus on one line of the market, but expand it to others. So you're more B2B. You, and you need to mind the traditional models of doing business. So the fact that you are, li- you are launching an online shop doesn't mean that necessarily payments will continue to be, or, or from the beginning will start online. So there must be that back end of a traditional model where you still have such approaches that people can wholesale, retail, which brings into mind the B2B and the B2C model. Encompassing approach. Exactly. So that, that's what you must look at. Now, there are a number of things that we must watch as a firm. And let me share about four or five with you. You started this year, you've done the management audit. The next step to look at is what you call cost rationalization. Cost rationalization means that if you take the sum total of your business, which areas must I reduce cost to enhance profit? Because, look, if you promise an investor that I'm going to return you X or 25% or 10% in two or three years, what you are saying is that the profit that I declare in X year, the percentage that I've accrued or, or, or been invested in you is where you will derive your interested payment from. So if, let's say, I invest in X party, and I, I say that, oh, so, you know, when are you going to pay me? If it was debt, the return of investment or the rate of interest is set. So I know what defined period you pay me. Mm-hmm. But when it's equity and dividends, that's a big issue, which is why I would go with a convertible or, or, or so. So do you know that sometimes even in a business, your light determines cost in your business? The ball you use, the AC you use. That this you use and so the on. Things that people overlook. They overlook. Sometimes you have excess staff in your business who are still cost to you. Those things have an implication on the way you run your business. So that's the first thing you've got to look at. The others that we want others to look at, which is the business model redesign itself. Sometimes you are in a market that you are not supposed to play in. Sometimes because you are not formal, you are not getting into the right places to attract the right kind kind of clients. You need to look. At that. Then there's the business re-engineering that people must also look at. So here, diversify customer segments, you know, look at your competitive advantage again, reanalyze, look at the benefits, look at value-added services. So I'm mentioning this in, in broad context, and when the listeners ask, we can break it down um, into it for them. So there are a number of things that every investor will be looking out for from you. Number one is do you have a pitch document? Now, the pitch document will cover a number of things. My problem, my solution, my competitive advantage, my competitive advantage, my team. And then, you see, sometimes when people are seeking investment, they come and they say, oh, John, if you were to give me X amount of money, I would hire someone who is competent enough to do one, two, three. I don't want to hear that. Because in my mind, you have a key man risk that will be troubling for me if I were to put in money. But if you told me that, oh, I've been working with X party and I want to retain him, so if you were to give me X, it will go into that. I will listen to you. 
if you are to tell me that if I'm applying cost, then the investment coming is going to product design and product implement, I would give you money for that. If so there must be a level of investment that the founder makes, which should be captured in the pitch, which is really an executive summary for me, to understand what the core offerings are. Well, so he has to look at his risk. What is the element of risk in investing in this business? What is the runway like? What is the burn rate like? What, are, what does it cost to acquire customers? All these things are interpreted in data that validates the assumptions that you give me. Then you move to your financials. How many firms have actually tested those financials and have a baseline to correspond with if X were to come in, Y will happen in the business? This year, you must test those assumptions for us to know that you are investment, investment, investment ready. Number two or three is what you call a term sheet. And these are sheets that, this is a, a summary contract of what is capable if I were to invest in you. It sets out the terms and agreements and so on and so forth. There's what we call the cap table. Today I came that we'll have a conversation. So we're not teaching, we're just having a conversation around investing. Cap table then shows me what the current shareholding and so on, so on is. If I were to invest, what will happen? And this will speak also to your valuation principle. Now you see, startups in Africa have not done enough to merit some credible valuation, especially in our country. So you see people who have not tested, who have not tried, and so on and so forth. Today, look, grain I was talking about grain mate three or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Grain mate last year raised over 50,000 USD. And the potential of it is more in the rate of sale of the products that they have and what it, took, it could become two years from now. Take a company like Dex Technologies and what they are doing. These are market-centered products that are not driven by someone's wish to introduce a product from New York and so on and think that naturally in the first year to work. There are people who are thinking about local solutions. Local, and today, Ghana is now an export of technology and an import of technology. Take empathy and so on and so forth. If we were to get in now, the chances, the potential is far-reaching, but the quality of ideas must come. Now, beyond the valuation, you're looking at your financials. And this is how we want the financials. Look, like I said, have an operational expenditure table. Break it down into your rent, etc., 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 and let us see those costs. Now, go to your capital expenditure table and here, break it down. What assets will you be buying? You know, some companies you go and you don't have an asset list. I'm like, hey, are you serious? <laughs> now how do I validate your balance sheet? You know, and so on. there's some companies that you go to, there's a wrong classification of accounts. Non-current liabilities are now in, 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 a, in a certain form. Get an expert to help you put these documents together, especially your financials in that, in that regard. Then we've mentioned the assumptions as one of the things that you've got to look at. Now, number seven is a number of things that we can Your management bios are something that we will look at as well. Eight, whether you have contracts as well. So there are people that have off-taker agreements that come to us and they say, I want credit. Mm-hmm. One came to us, I said he has a quarry. And I asked him, is the quarry for you? He said, no, I got it from someone. And I said, what do you mean? Do you have an agreement to the person? He says, no. I said, hey, that's interesting. So okay, of the off-taker, do you have the equipment to execute the off-taker. He says, no, he's also bringing in a vendor, someone who will bring in the trucks. <laughs> then in my mind, I'm like, okay, so there's root optimization that needs to look at because mm-hmm. there'll be maintenance costs and so on and so forth. And has he done what we would typically call the cost accounting to know the net effect of each individual item to cost and what will be remaining of it? There's a greater conversation to be had there. 
probably done some hedging without the data. Let me leave it here and then you can come (laughs) in and I'll continue. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thoughts there. If you just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. And we're spending time in the studio with John Arma here in the studio sharing some tidbits on the things that you must know as a business person going into 2020. Time checking the studio, 43 minutes past the hour of one. We'll be opening the phone line shortly and would like definitely for you to be a part of this discussion when we do open the phone lines. I've got a comment on social media for you, John. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure that at some point, maybe I can do that. Now. It says, good afternoon, you didn't add your name. Very good discussion. How can I contact the gentleman, please? What is his name? Okay, so his name is John Arma, the John Arma. And he's the CEO of the Orias Group. Maybe you can you can share some thoughts with us. Where do we find the Orias Group after after this? this so we're in Kanda, and right. let me just share a few things about what we do as a firm. Okay, so briefly. we're a management consulting firm, and we also do private equity. Right. Uh, we we've been one of the leaders in investing in startups and showing potential around that. One of our key investments is Healthling Pharmacy. We have a very strong board, as we invested in companies like Chase Shoes, um, mm. Kobe Blade, Ghana Health Nest, somebody that mm. we've worked with, and a couple of others. This year, we I'll share the, let the plans show. I don't want to talk about them. So we've been around for about nine years, uh, okay. pioneering a number of things in training for startups. Where do we um, find you online? We, we, so Orioles Group is, is is where you should go to. You can call us 303 Okay, okay I'd like for you to repeat that again very slowly. 303 Okay, so that's your number. Maybe what we'll do is I will try and put it out again just before the end of the show. But otherwise, um, where are your offices? In Kanda, you said? Yes. In Kanda. Okay, so if anyone is looking for you, you didn't add your name, but yes, this is the information and he's put out his number here. So this is where you can find them. We'll be opening the phone lines shortly. I just want to ask a quick question. Yeah. You talked about management bios. Most of the time, people... Uh, startups, and then I'm happy that in the beginning you mentioned the various levels of startups. There's a beginning, there's the you know about two or three stages before you get to a final stage, and then you are ready to metamorphose into, 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 into something else. What is the importance of having something as simple as management bios on your record? Because I'm, we're, we're talking about yes. investors, so yes. we're talking about people coming yes. to your business and yes. saying, "Listen, yes. I want to partner with you. I want to help you to grow." Yes. Because at some point. At some point, yeah. and Uncle Ken Thompson will tell you, you cannot grow your business beyond a certain point without debt. Okay, so he's talking about equity investments and all of that. How? What is the place of management bios? Can you break it down for some of my listeners who are well, sole proprietors? Who yeah, are, it's simple. Know, yeah, why should they have that? Yeah, because there must be credibility. Because it's a certain pride. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm addressing that because there's a certain pride in ownership that says, "Listen, I started this business. Do you know, you know how hard I tried? You don't need to ask me questions. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. But it's key, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Just very, yeah, let's very, let's 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 break it down. Yeah. Yes, you start a business, but do you know it all? No. Mm. So do you need a team of advisors? If the answer is yes, then you know that you're you're moving to a certain point. The question is that of the various parts of the business anatomy sales, marketing, finance, and so on, are you the one who knows it all and can do it all? Let us assume that in the beginning you have your wave accounting to help you record your transactions, mm-hmm. invoice, and so on and so forth. But the interpretation of that data for Jerry, among others, lies in the hands of the auditor. You are not an auditor. Of course. Good. <laughs> Management by So you can't do it all. So you can't do it all. So you need people who give you that credibility to operate in the reports that are required for you to interpret to grow, mm. which is why the auditor will give you a management letter, which is why you have a board, which is why you have a management team, which is why you have an internal management team, which is why you, you have so many parts of... What you just say to someone who says, listen, I'm probably at the second stage that you, you mentioned. Yes. I'm just about five years old. 
I, I deal with spare parts. Yes. I've been moving my stuff up and down. Yes. My turnaround, after, you know, my profit after whatever, at the end of the year is about a million Ghana CDs. Yes. I'm trying to push this up at 2.5 this year. Um, I don't have all of the structures that you talk about, yes. but I started small. Yes. What can I do in this year? Don't, I, I don't have all of those. Those are the business I, I like. Mm. I sent Bismarck to a certain firm, and when he went, the, firm, the, the husband of the owner said, oh, um, you know, I can't track what stock we have. I can't track what has been bought. I can't track what has been this. So there's a there's a, a formality that these mm-hmm. small businesses must still have to grow, especially if you want to raise capital. So the guy in in Abusokan who runs, I said, but yes, you are doing one million, mm-hmm. but can you do two million? Can you better track your sales? Can you then look at exchange losses? And you mentioned this mm-hmm. that if I'm going to China to import expat and I change my money into USD and I go into China and change it to Chinese, what what what? Have I lost? on that. If I were to come back among others, what, what, what should be the market in which I should be putting? What price should I be selling it? Exactly. You know, and, and, and then you need to look at your pricing mechanisms. You need to look at structure. Am I leaving a legacy or I want my succession plan? Who follows after me? Is it my son? If my son were to come in, where will he find data around the business? Where will my books be? So beyond, it's not just about having a board and so on and so forth. It's more about the longevity and sustainability of your business. I'm happy you talk about data. I'll be coming to that shortly. Time check in the city, 48 minutes past the hour one. We've got some good news for you. Do you have any motor vehicle of any kind? If you do, then Gauss New Super Synthetic 5W20 and 5W30 loops are the best engine oils for your vehicle. They are specially engineered engine oils, which efficiently work on all your modern petrol and diesel engines. They clean, they protect, they reduce fuel consumption, and they prolong oil change intervals, as well as enhance your engine performance right from when you start up to when you switch off. So go to any Goyle filling station today and grab the new Goyle Super Synthetic 5W20 and 5W30 loops engine oils for your superior vehicle performance. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yenara. Let me open the phone line straight away. Numbers to call 0302-216-541. We're talking about your business and how to position yourselves. Things you need to do. We're talking a bit about technical issues, but we have the people in here studio to help you understand them because you cannot do... Business is what it is. You can't do business and succeed without understanding these things. So pick up that phone. Give us a call. 0302-216-541. Otherwise, send us a comment on 0244-34037. That's 0244 Three four zero four three seven. You talked about data. Yes, the importance of data. We've yes. been talking about it on, on the show here repeatedly, and I cannot overemphasize yes. the importance of that. We're yes. talking about people being interested in your business, finding it attractive, and yes. coming to help you out. Yes. Okay, and help your business to grow. Please reemphasize the importance of data. Let for me you. give an example. People need to understand Let me give that. An example. I need to keep a record. Yes. But look at it more from this angle. Mm. A lady comes to me and says, oh, I want to start a coconut bottling business. And I, and I say to her that it's a business that I don't, I'm not interested in mm. for now. Why? Because I don't like someone bottling my coconut water mm-hmm. when I'm not present. Mm-hmm. And Unle- then, unless you can assure me that the bottling uh, process... Yes. Gives me assurance that my consents are addressed, and that is where the problem is. Mm. So the problem isn't in providing the 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 coconut water to the client. The problem is in, in what form does it meet consumer perception enough to drive market demand to increase profitability. And perception can become reality for the yes. one who perceives. So if you realize, most of these coconut people who are bottling have not have not grown out of that bracket. 
hold the thought. I've got Joel from Kofredia. Let's talk to Joel. Good afternoon, Joel. You're welcome to Masterclass. Good afternoon, Mr. Banafo. Joel, t- hey, Joel, how are you, my brother? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Talk to me, talk to me. Uh, so, we're, we're, we're spending time here in the studio with John Arma, and we're, we're talking about what to do to position your business for 2020. I know you, I mean, you have a number of businesses. So, share some thoughts with us. Yes, uh, well, um, I believe that uh, a lot of the things that John has said is actually true um, concerning um people and the way they run their businesses in this country. Uh, A lot of them do not consider tools like um, softwares, ERPs that can keep track the value of their assets and then one of the key things is the contacts that uh, people run their businesses with. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would pass on and it's rather unfortunate you won't be able to locate who supplies them the basic raw materials that is used for what in the business and that would be the collapse of the business. Uh, John, so, yes. I mean, I know that you're, you are more into IT. You are an IT, IT specialist. We're talking about the importance of data in business so that when someone else comes through, just like you said, they'll be able to know that, listen, what, how many people are doing the kind of thing you are doing? What has been the success rate over 10 years? What are the numbers that are showing? Who are the top 10 suppliers or whatever it is? What is the place of data? in entrepreneurship. Can you just share some thoughts with us briefly? The importance of data. I I think in today's day, uh, data is about 95% of what your business is. Mm. Because if you have information about where raw materials are located, if you have information about who owns the company, who the company is indebted to, it gives you a 360 degree overview of what your business position is. Mm -hmm. So majority of companies are running their businesses based on accounting software, Mm. which only looks at one aspect of the business. Mm -hmm. Whereas business has to do with human resource, accounts, assets, procurement, sales, uh, projects. All these things have to be looked at in a 360-degree uh, with a 360 degree eye. Yeah. You see that Fortune 500 companies are running ERPs. Mm-hmm. Why do they need ERPs? It's because they have come to realize that HR is directly tied to accounts. Mm-hmm. Sales is directly tied to accounts. Mm-hmm. So if your HR budget is going in the roof, your revenues are not tallying, straight away the, bu- the business is in, in, in trouble. Yeah. And so it's, it's important that data is seen as the goal of businesses mm. and um, I think that is why the telcos also are doing so well because they have access to unbelievable amount of data Wow, Joel, thank you so much. That was Joel from Kofredia sharing some thoughts with us. Um, John, you want to just chip in a yes. few before we go to the and next you question? You see, beyond the... Numbers to call, sorry again, 0302216541. Pick up that phone, give us a call. We're sharing thoughts on things that you must know in 2020 to position your business properly. You've done everything you need to do, but we're sharing some additional thoughts here, free of charge, here on your Superstation. We're saying that as a business owner, take note of these things. These are the things that you need to take note of so your business can go to the next level. Sorry, John, please go ahead. It's also the interpretation of data. That ex party says, Oh, in looking at your accounts, mm-hmm. I saw that there were drawings in the business. Mm-hmm. Does the drawings necessarily mean that you've embezzled funds? Break down the terms for me. Drawings, means so that, drawings mean that yeah, money's money has taking, moved out. Money has moved out. Good. But does drawing mean that 
you've taken my underwear. And this was a sole proprietorship. Mm-hmm. So, you have a call? Yeah, I have Mohammed from Akka. Let's talk to Mohammed. Good afternoon, Mohammed. You're welcome to the show. Good afternoon, sir. Happy New Year to you, my brother. May not put it sir. Good, good. Talk to me. Ah, please, I'm a driver, but I like listening to your programs. Thank you, Mohammed. Yes. Uh, in fact, I have a small car, which I'm using as a Uber. But right. I'm not driving it myself. Okay. But I know much about uh, car. Okay. So uh, I'm planning maybe by in the a few years mm. my uh, my company should open. What can I do to help myself? Let me ask you a quick question. What yes. when you open your company? What will you be doing? What exactly will you be doing? Uh, You'll be running a transport business. Is that what you'll be doing? Running transport, yes. Okay. Please keep listening. We'll try and answer that question for you. Thank you for calling. So that was Mohammed. He wants to know. He wants to set up a company. Right. I think the first thing you should do is call you, right? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> you put your number out okay, again. Okay, but by all means, let's share some thoughts okay. for him. Okay. So wow, um, how time flies. Okay. Let's look at it. Yeah. You have a car company that you're starting. You've bought one. Mm-hmm. You would have put in some predictive model on what money you expect, returns mm-hmm. you expect, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Your mileage, uh, for that you'll be buying maintenance, and so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. You'll be looking at it also from um, staffing issues, mm-hmm. one person that I have. But look at it, let's start from this point. So, um, have I registered? Do I need to register? Yes. Mm-hmm. Number two is, what is my growth plan? Mm-hmm. How do I intend to acquire one or two? You have an asset that you can advertise to get another. Mm-hmm. Have you considered it as well? Number three is in terms of internal controls. How am I recording the funds that are coming into the business and then how am i how am i uh, recording expenditure among others what is my savings rate like in terms of the receipts that i've i've gotten from the business mm-hmm. as well now in this receipts how am i treating them i need an investment account am i keeping them what is it have i considered an invoice from x party that says if you were to make a down payment of x mm-hmm. i'll give you another car so you need to look at all of these scenarios in your small transport business then there are issues around whether or not this oh. okay hold that thought for me we definitely have to continue this conversation next week but i've got Digo on on social media and just very briefly i've got just about three minutes on the show Digo says that i don't think your guest is talking about a real startup maybe he's talking about some categories i think that he's struggling to align the conversation and i like the way you 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 looked at the the the, uh, the startup very quickly he says that i've gone to the bank to borrow i don't have an uh, the bank says i can't you can't give me money because i don't have an account with you how am i going to pay for the service of an accountant how can i get an investor to believe in me when the system doesn't give me the opportunity to see um to get financial support please tell us exactly what a real startup should do the goal we may not be able to exhaust the answer to this question i probably hope we'll come back next week but in 30 seconds Let's he's saying it. that the system doesn't give you a chance to start all the things you're talking about are sweet there are matrices that are looked at but it's probably for companies that have already you know been in existence how does uh, the goal start his company 30 seconds so the goal for him he's looking at the bank and him not having data yeah wave account- and he doesn't have money to wave even, accounting know? is free Okay. For the start, okay. Internal controls are templates you can download from um, on online mm. to use to help you manage your your assets. And you can mm. speak to there are firms that are available to help you. There are slaters mm-hmm. and so on and so forth that are coming up mm-hmm. to help you do that. But in terms of really going to the bank, look, that's someone's money they are risking. Mm-hmm. If you don't, they have certain KYC requirements that you must meet. The same thing. Let let me summarize what you have discussed. Yes. And for, for to help, we'll definitely like co- have to continue this discussion in order yes. to do justice yes. to it. But for today's discussion, yes. let's just let's let's, let's do that. So number yes. one, we are saying that to talk to an investor, you must have an investment thesis which is 
important. The investment thesis is captured a number of documents, which could be commercial agreements that you have signed with X or Y party, uh, whether or not you have an off ticket and so on and so forth, which helps minimize the risk of the investment. Number two, we said, is your shareholding, your cap table. What does that look like? Number three, we are saying is that what market information do you have, research and so proprietary rights do you have to things that you, you say would help you grow? We said, we'll look at your team as well. What kind of team you have? Is there a key man risk among others? What will the money be applied to? as well. How big can this market be for the business that you're in? What agreements have you signed at this point? Have you done at least a summary evaluation? Do you have some past records that we can look at among others? And then the other things are really around your growth plan. How do you grow? And these things will help minimize risk to me and my investment. Right. A lot of information there. I definitely want us to come back and continue with this, but this has been helpful. Essentially, we're saying that some of the things we're talking about here, you've just summarized them fast. Next week, when we come back, hopefully, if we're able to continue this conversation, we'll share a bit more thoughts and go a bit more into detail so that our listeners can benefit from it. We're saying that there's some key things you need to look at. Work with data. Make sure that you understand what you're doing. Get people who know how to do it, who've been there before and done it, and they'll help your business to grow. Thank you so, so much. This has been Masterclass on your Superstation Joy 99.7. Next week, we continue our conversation here, again, sharing some thoughts on how you can position yourself to um, be profitable in this year, 2020. Up next is the news at 2. My name is Yao Banafo. Um, see you same time next week. Headline news are two coming up media coalition against illegal mining and Occupy Ghana demand whereabouts of 500 excavators seized from illegal miners after they went missing. Also, lawyers for